It's called Dolce et Decorum Est. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks. Knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge. Till on the haunting flares we turned our backs and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots, but limped on, blood shod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue. Deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas? Gas! Quick, boys! An ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face, like a devil's, sick of sin. If you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from froth-corrupted lungs, obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud of vile incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie, dulce et decorum est, pro patria mori. Mary, thank you. And even when, of course, they knew how bad it was, they still offered to go. That's gallantry for you. Let's see what the Bible has to say on this as well, shall we? And Anna is going to read our Bible passage to us. The reading is John 10, 7 to 18. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This is the command I received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we look at some of those thoughts in that Bible reading, we ask that you would open our eyes, perhaps even for the first time, to see the truth about what you're speaking. And that you would change our hearts and our own thinking because of what we see and hear. In your name. Amen. I don't know, have you ever, um, I'm, I'm sure you all look at YouTube clips, um, I do, uh, for, for sermons, if nothing else, uh, and there is a great one, which I was going to play, but I played it here before, so I didn't, uh, I didn't put it on, but there is um, an experiment done where uh, a farmer calls his sheep, and he's got four or five uh, students with him, and he tells them the words to use. It goes something like, kara, 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 kara. It's a bit like that, okay. Um, and the students go, and the sheep just continue walking around, grazing. And then the shepherd walks forward and goes, kara, kara, kara. And the sheep look up and they run to him immediately. It's remarkable. Sheep know his voice. And this passage is a little bit about listening to the voice of God. Now, over the last few years, I've already said, the British Legion are trying to rethink uh, remembrance. And uh, they organise, as we know, the poppy appeal uh, year by year. And they're trying to ensure that we wear the poppy and realise what the poppy means that it's not just something that happens year on year, just like Halloween or anything like that. This is a moment of importance where we stop, we reflect, and we think. Now, I don't know if you know, where did the poppy originate from? The symbol of the poppy, does anyone know that? What do you think? Ben? Yes, yes, absolutely right. Ben, brilliant, thank you. It did. In the First World War, there were, it, it, they fought in fields and forests. But after a number of years, there was no field or forest left. It was just mud and sticks. 
pointing out of the ground. You're absolutely right. And then there were the hollows where the bombs had fallen. Craters filled with mud of water and stench. But out of those areas still grew the poppy. And the petals did fly across the land. In all of this brown and grey swill came the red flash of the poppy. And because of that, John McRae wrote his famous poem in Flanders Field, which is why I've put it back on the back of your service sheet. That's what he wrote. The poem inspired an American uh, academic called Moina Michael, and she adopted the poppy as a symbol of hope in the war. And she campaigned uh, to get it adopted in the United States. Actually, before it even came to America, she asked for it to be adopted in the United States as a symbol of remembrance. And that movement was picked up by someone called Anna Gurin, a French woman who was in the United Kingdom in 1921. And she met General Haig. Uh, it was General Haig, wasn't it? Um, Earl Haig. Earl Haig. Uh, who founded the British Legion. And he was persuaded to take the poppy up as a symbol. And in 1921, on the 11th of November, they went onto the streets with five million, just check my, nine million poppies. And how long do you think it took them to sell them? How long? What do you think? Wild guess? It's just a, a week. Yeah, no, that's a good guess. It's a good guess because it's nine million. A day, we're coming down, we're homing in. A matter of hours. And the rest, they say, is history. Now, they make uh, poppies in a factory in Aylesford. It employs disabled ex-service people, amongst others. And how many poppies do you think they make each year now? Nine million in 1921. How many now? 17 million. Any advance on 17 million? 20 million. Getting closer. Daniel? How many? 23 million, we're getting even closer. 25, any more bids? 27. 10,000 million, not quite that high. We were getting closer at 27 million. You need to up it a bit more though. Who else? Go on, over here, Dylan. 35 million, we're getting really close now. Bang on. There's the man. 40 million poppies are sold every single year. And interestingly, there are about 40,000 volunteers who sell those poppies across our streets and in our shops. The poppy is a sign of hope, of life, amongst, amongst all the chaos and all the brutality. There the poppy grows and brings life. And our reading speaks of a shepherd. Do you remember it? A shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Now, in the Bible, we are the sheep. Okay? We are the sheep. And God is the shepherd. And the sheep, uh, in those days, they were in a pen. 
Nowadays, we just have a sort of five-bar gate, don't we? And the sheep are behind the, the sort of fencing. Well, in those days, they had stone walls on three sides, and then on the fourth side, there was a little gap, a gate. And that was the only entrance into the pen, because there were wild animals out on the moors, uh, and there were um, wolves that were going to come and eat the sheep. So to protect the sheep, they put them behind a stone wall. And in the front of it was a gate, about this big, okay, just as, about as wide as this aisle. And what did the shepherd do to protect his sheep? What did it say in the reading? I lay down in the gate. Have you ever heard of the expression, over my dead body? Yeah. And that's why. Because the shepherd lay down in the gate to protect the sheep. Over my dead body will you get in and affect uh, and damage these sheep. The reason for that act of God is because of love. Love and a desire for everyone to have the opportunity to live life to the full. Did you notice that in verse 10? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that's for us. One person gives their life so that others may have a life to live and live it to the full. And then there is a contrast between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. The shepherd who owns the sheep and loves the sheep and the one that's just brought in. And the one that's brought in has no real concern for the others. And so when there's trouble, he gets up out of the gate and runs away. And the sheep are then exposed. But the good shepherd stays at his post and remains there in order to protect all the sheep. The one who loves is selfless and stands firm, guards the gate and places the welfare of the sheep even above their own life. And we read that if we want to find safety, and safety is an interesting word, isn't it? Safety in the Bible means hope. It means life. It means hope, uh, a purpose and a future. It means that we find love for each other. We find compassion. But the only way to get into the sheepfold, into that area and place of love, into God's family, into God's community, is by the gate. And who's guarding the gate? God, Jesus, is guarding the gate. So Jesus keeps the rubbish out and lets those in that want to come and know him. Jesus is our hope and our future. And we remember today, don't we, how our fellow person laid down their life. And because of their sacrifice, our today is as it is. Christ is the example of this selfless love, giving his life for every single person here. Now, I said at the beginning, and several times actually, that the British Legion are trying to rethink and stretch our imagination. Uh, and it is a thanksgiving, today is a thanksgiving, for those who have given their life in two world wars. But it's also an opportunity to remember that war uh, still continues and goes on. 
There's a war in Ukraine, isn't there? But there are other types of war. Small civil wars. Village to village as well. And all of those bring disharmony. It brings pain. It separates families. And it is to be avoided. Men and women are still giving their life for their fellow citizen. And we need to honour them, we need to remember them as they follow in the footsteps of Christ as a sacrifice of love. And we can use that image as a powerful reminder that our actions sometimes can cause hurt and pain. Or they can be really positive. So many people have done good things for others. And that's the choice that each one of us has to make. And the poppy is the way for us to remember. At least once a year to stop, to think and reflect. So that is the love and compassion and care of God that we share. Not our personal hostility. Let's just bow our heads for a moment, shall we, as we reflect together. You may know someone who, uh, a grandfather, great-grandfather, grandmother, great-grandmother, who gave their life in the wars. You may even have fathers who serve now and you want to remember them. Think of a name Maybe just a name that you've heard. And hold that name before God now. Hold the rest of their family. And then let us give thanks equally for today. The fact that we're here. The fact that God lays in the gate to save and protect us, each one. Heavenly Father, we give ourselves to you now, wanting to honour you, to serve you, and to love as you loved us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.